Welcome to the Breakfast Leadership Show, where we interview global thought leaders on business, leadership, and life. Here's your host, keynote speaker, best-selling author, and chief burnout officer of the Breakfast Leadership Network, Michael Levitt. Welcome back. I've got a very longtime friend. I met John Slocum almost four years ago, and John and I both said, how can it be four years ago? Uh, but John Slocum, welcome to the show. Thanks, Mike. It's, it's crazy. Our time is flying by, but it's, it's great to see you. Great it's to great. see you. Great to see you too again, brother. You're real, lots of things we can talk about today. Your backstory, of course, is really crucial. You've got a new book that just come out and I'm in the middle of reading it, uh, you know, and about the science of feeling good. And we're definitely going to jump into that, but share a little bit about your backstory um, and then we'll dive into the book. Okay. I'd be, be happy to do that. Um, I guess about the 12 years ago, about 13 years ago, I, I suffered a stroke. And uh, the, the stroke probably couldn't have come at a worse time in my life. And uh, basically, I lost everything. And I really mean everything, not just my health, but uh, uh, my material possessions as well. And it really forced me to look within, to find that, that inner strength to overcome uh, the things that had just happened. But what made the recovery, I'll say, more difficult is that I lost my short-term memory. So I could remember things for the very moment, but five or 10 minutes later, I couldn't remember uh, what happened. So it just made the recovery process extremely difficult. And there were times that I wanted to give up, but I just couldn't. Yeah, when you shared that story, when we met back in 2017, it there was some similarities to my story of you know, my heart attack and losing the job and the car and the home, you know, pretty much, you know, majority of my material possessions as well. And it, for me, when I, you know, I heard your story, um, it was, it was one of those things where it's like, okay, it, it gave me, I guess, more permission, quite frankly, to share my story a little bit more open because you may not know this, you know, at that event, when I shared that story, that is the mm -hmm. first time that I'd ever publicly shared that story to people that didn't know me. Really? I never, and that was, you know, that was 10 or seven years after the event. So that event was the first time that I openly shared that story to people that didn't know me in, in the public. And, and you know, obviously the feedback we got from that amazing group uh, was, you know, still resonates with me to this day. I still look so fondly on, on that, you know, that period of time. You know, I was down there for, you know, a little over a week and a half, got to visit my mom and dad. And just, it was a wonderful, wonderful time. And that event was amazing. So Bill and Mario and everybody that was part of that, um, you know, just made for a wonderful, wonderful experience. But when, when you shared your story, I'm like, okay, I'm not the only person that's gone through something pretty significant. And when you go through something like that, an experience like, you know, losing everything, and in your situation with, you know, the, the short-term memory issues and all of that, it, it puts it in, in, you know, obviously I'd love to hear your thoughts on this too, is it reprioritizes what's important in life to you. 
and you know we'll dive into the book and we'll talk about what's going on in the world right now with COVID nineteen and the losses and all of that stuff. But I, I think not to jump ahead too much, but when you go through an experience like that, when you face things in the world like what's going on right now with the pandemic, you approach it differently because yes. we've we've gone through losing everything, and it 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 just makes it. I don't want to say easier to deal with, but we're, we're like, oh, we, well, okay, we know what this is like. Okay, we, we know what to do, and we just go about doing it. So love to hear your thoughts about that, and then I want to dive, dive into this brand new book you have. Okay, right. Sure, Mike. It, it, it does change you. Uh, when, when you lose everything and uh, everything that you thought was valuable, you realize it isn't because it, it can't bring you that satisfaction of uh, a, a joy or, or peace uh, once you lose it all. So your perspectives change completely. And for me, it made me realize that there's nothing outside of myself that can help me. Uh, all of the things that I had uh, came from the outside. Uh, you know, my job, you know, my, my education, uh, my house. And when, when all of that was gone, you know, I was really forced uh, to look inside myself. And uh, I tell anyone, I don't wish what I went through on anyone, but for me, it probably was a very good, one of the best things that could have ever happened to me. And uh, I share how I came, overcame that with others in hopes that they can benefit from my experience as well. Yeah, I'm, I share your sentiment on that. And you know, my 369 days um, changed my life for the better. And I'm, I'm thankful that I had a second chance because... It's allowed me to do some amazing things, meet some amazing human beings like yourself, and and do some great things to help humanity uh, with 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 love as the foundation. And you know, let's dive into your new book and in the science of feeling good. And like I said, I'm I'm into the book and I've already highlighted a ton of stuff. And you know, just I've I've got a Kindle people and I I've been reading it on that and and it's uh, so it's it's highlighted, which it was good because I don't have to go to the store and buy highlighters because it would it would probably be easier for me just to dip it in yellow paint and then it'd be easier. But there's so much good stuff in there, and I'm just you know almost you know a third of the way through the book, but you know it starts off and one of the things that it, it drives home initially and i'm guessing through the foundation of the book as well is for our lives to be really good to feel good we have to look within we have to get that energy from within because that's where it is uh, the external things come and go you know buying that new car well, that fades after a period of time. Unfortunately, the car payments continue or going to concerts or sporting events. They're moments in time, not saying they're not important or not fun and good. They are. You should do those things, but to, they don't last forever. Memories can, of course, but the actual physical experience only lasts for a moment in time. So for looking for joy and fulfillment in life in you have to look within, and and as we said a little bit in the pre-show, and I want to get your thoughts on this, my observation is a lot of people struggle to look within because they don't like what they see, and they don't love themselves, which is a big concern of mine, and I think it leads to so many problems. So I know in this book, you know, love is a foundation, is especially in the first part of the book that you talk about. So love to hear your thoughts on that. 
Yeah, it, it, it really is an issue when, when, when we're looking inside, uh, mainly because we're under a lot of stress. And, and especially in today's environment, we're under, we're fearful because we don't know what's going to happen next. Uh, I mean, our entire lives have been turned upside down. So love is, is the foundation uh, to everything that we talk about. However, we must get stress and fear under control. And, and here's why. Uh, when we're under stress and fear, it actually interferes with our thinking process, our, our prefrontal lobe, uh, where we make our decisions, our executive decisions. And, and I liken it to uh, putting a dimmer switch on our brains and, and the switch is turned all the way down. We, we can see what's around us, but we can't see everything because fear and uh, anxiety is taking away the energy that we would normally think and make good decisions. And then we're just ready for what's next. So we're not making good decisions. Uh, we, we can't think clearly because we're in fear and we're stressed out. So until we address that, you know, that's the biggest thing. That's number one. Once we address that, uh, then we can start looking within and, and, and making the changes that we need to make. But until we address that fear and stress, nothing else is going to, it's going to work for us because this will be something that always comes up. It's, it's like boiling water, you know, it just keeps coming, keeps coming. So, and, and, and we focus in that on the book. It's, it's very simple to do. And, and we control that uh, with our breath. And, and we can do this on, on command. I mean, there, there's nothing that we need for the outside, which is the beauty of the book. There's nothing that we need for the outside to get fear and stress under control, as well as other areas in our life. And I agree with you. I, I think a lot of the the stress and the trauma and the burnout that we're seeing right now uh, because of this pandemic, and you know, we know that prolonged stress turns into burnout. There's fear and anxiety and worry about, okay, when is the vaccine going to be ready? When is this going to be over? When can we get back to normal? Well, normal is going to look different. I, I like to refer to the next normal. We'll see what it looks like, but I, there's, there's hope, you know, and, and there's, you know, for all the people that, you know, have dealt with the pandemic, you know, you know maybe contracted COVID-19 or know somebody you know, that has done it and, or has been impacted by job loss or things like that, you know, people are fearful of that. And, you know, I'll share a quick story in April of this year, um, right. You know, a couple of weeks after everything kind of went into lockdown, you know, I don't tend to watch the news because the news is unfortunately, doesn't matter what flavor of the news you watch is is fear-based it's it's bad news it's negative it, it it creates a lot of anxiety and fear in people so i always tell people turn off the news don't live in a cave you know use a news feeder to catch up on what's going on in the world to get updated but don't park yourself in front of the television all the time but i happened to turn on the news and it was a story i think it was in pennsylvania somewhere in pennsylvania where they showed you know miles long row of cars waiting in line to get a couple bags of groceries. And that hit me in the gut and I was, I was fearful. I had anxiety and I'm, I'm going, well, why am I feeling these things? Because I have job, I have food, clothing, shelter, all the basics are, are covered. We're good. Um, and 
and thankfully no dip in income or anything like that. But I was feeling like the world was going to come to an end. And I looked at it and I'm like, what's going on? And I realized it brought back a past trauma of what I had experienced back in 2009 and 2010. And it, it took me, uh, once I realized that that was happening, then I, you know, I did the kind of some grounding exercises and saying, okay, is this happening to me right now? No. How am I inside? Am I healthy? Yes. Do I have income? Yes. Is there food in the fridge? Yes, probably should throw those leftovers out because I think they've been in there too long. I'm like when, when you when you have that situation, you are rich. Okay, you are like very fortunate. And I'm like, okay, so this isn't happening to me, but it's happening there. And it was just one of those, oh wow. So it brought back fear, anxiety, worry, and all that stuff that wasn't happening to me, but it was still there. So, and for the people that are going through that or know somebody that's going through it. It's it's a horrible feeling, I know. Uh, we've both felt that, and we've both experienced those situations. But looking within, on going, okay, how do I navigate through this? You know, what what do I do? You know, inside to be able to look at this in a different way is is so critical. Yes, yes. Well, I like what you did. Uh, you went inside. You asked yourself those questions. Uh, do I have food? Uh, why am I feeling like this? But one of the things that we can do, we can take control of our nervous system uh, with our breath. And, and, and believe it or not, uh, we actually use the power of the heart uh, combined with our breath to slow everything down inside of us. We're, we're talking about our nervous system. We're, we're literally taking control of our nervous system. So we're, we're, we're it's, it's, it's almost like when we, when we take an exam, this is another way I... Uh, Try to highlight the difference. Uh, we, we may get 90 questions right on the test and we miss two questions. Uh, we'll stress out about the two questions that we didn't get right and forget about the other 90 or 98, I should say, to make 100. We'll forget about the other 98 and, and we'll stress on the two. And, 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 and the book helps you to, to change your whole nervous system so that you're always celebrating those victories. And then we practice celebrating that. And then you say, ah, yes, you know, this is where my attention should be. But, but we're, we're, we're kind of made so that we don't make that mistake again. So we, we focus on that, but we're actually training ourselves. That, hey, you know, we, we have the power to, we have these magic chemicals inside of our bodies. You know, it's called dopamine and oxytocin and serotonin and endorphins. And, and we can actually release these at will. With a simple smile, we can start releasing these chemicals. So we, 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 we're training ourselves not to focus on the 2% that we missed, but to celebrate the 98% that's going right for us. And that's going to make us feel good, especially when we practice that, you know, with our breath and, and put our hearts into it. And I love how you said that. And one of the things, too, especially, of course, during this pandemic, I, you know, I do my best not to be around a lot of people in person because it just you know makes sense mm-hmm. to protect everybody involved. Uh, but sometimes you you have to when you live in a condo building, you're going to run into people on the elevator or in the hallway or something like that. And and of course everyone's wearing masks and and whatnot. But you can see even with the masks, you can you can look into people's eyes and you can see if they're in a good mood sure. or if they're sad or. 
things like that. And even wearing a mask, you can smile because your whole face, you know, complexion changes. And when you smile at somebody, they, they see that, you know, they, they can recognize it. And if they can smile, even if it's like a forced smile, that does impact them and in a way and get changes that that energy within a little bit and gets and gets gets the shockers working and you know the heart and you know all the things the you know i barely paid attention in science class you know i I think the the only reason i think i passed was because the teacher did not want to see me another year so i I actually i actually feel that thank you mr perel i really appreciate that because it kept me moving along um so but at the end of the day it's it's such a dynamic, dynamic thing that we are. I mean, the you know the trillions of atoms and everything working in unison, and being able to move and think and see and and decipher and hear and taste and smell and all all of these things that are going on in our lives on a daily basis. And so many of us, I I don't want to say we take it for granted, but we do. And it's because so many of us are on an autopilot type of thing, which is a really good thing when it comes, especially to breathing, because there's so many people that are kind of not, you know, clear minded or kind of in their own head and not paying attention to things going on. If we didn't automatically breathe, I think you know, about 90% of the population would probably keel <laughs> over on a daily basis. Like, oh no, they forgot to breathe. It's like yeah. some. But you know, breathing and breath work is so critical, and it critical. It, it lowers your blood pressure, get, it gets things calmed down, and it everything that we need is within. And okay. and I know I know your book highlights about this. And um, there was something you said. I'm forgetting the phrase on it. It was because I like I said I haven't finished the book yet, but um, it was talking about kind of the, some the self treatment you can do and the you know the analogy on it. So share share that. Yes. Um, we've taken the, uh, the acronym LAB, which means love, uh, appreciation, and breathing. That's your lab. Go to your lab and dose yourself. Uh, the dopamine, the oxytocin, the serotonin, and the endorphins. See, we can release those at will. You, you mentioned a smile. Uh, you, if, if, even if you force a smile, you're going to, make your, you're going to release these feel-good chemicals in your body. Uh, and, and I love the fact that you mentioned the trillions of atoms that we have inside that are communicating with each other. Well, they're just waiting for us as a conductor to come in and, 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 and just direct it. And, and we can do that starting with our nervous system. You know, we, we, we have a vagus nerve that runs throughout our entire body that we can control with our breath work. And we can connect it to our hearts and uh, get that second brain in the stomach involved as well by controlling this. And so you just go to the lab, you know, and, and that's just loving, be loving, you know, appreciate what you have and, and do the breath work. And then when we release these chemicals, these inner chemicals, it's like taking control. I mean, we're now the conductor. We're actually controlling that autonomic, autonomic nervous system that breathes for us. We're, we're taking control of what's going in, on inside of us. And when we do that and, and practice the, 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 the smiling and, and, and practice the love and the appreciation, and, and, and these are things that make us feel good. I've even come up with creating your own highlight reel of things that have gone well for you in your life. You know, when my mom used to call me by my entire name, John Allen Slocum, you know, I'd look back on that and like, wow. You know? <laughs> 
So that's part of the uh, process. You know, we, we practice feeling good by going to the lab and dosing ourselves and not worry about the 2% that we missed. We appreciate what we have and that's where we focus our attention. It's such an important thing to do uh, as well as, and I'm a big fan of journaling and writing yeah, down. And, and sometimes people will journal just the things that went bad. I'm like, no, right. Keep track of the things that went well. Wow. And, yes. and, and, and look back on those things and, and, here we are at the time of this recording, we're approaching the end of the year. Now, I know a lot of people are going to look at 2020 and they're going to look at it as you know, quite possibly the worst year of their lives. I challenge people to look a little bit deeper and see how what things happened in their lives personally, where did they grow. And I, and I talk to businesses and I, when I talk to individuals as well. Yes, this year has been very challenging. And there's been people that have lost loved ones, lost their jobs, lost you know, all kinds of external things that we've talked about. But here we are. We've survived. And we've been able to adapt and adjust to things, keeping six feet apart from people, the plexiglass at grocery stores, wearing masks, um, not being able to necessarily go into certain places like we used to, or the hours were different, or maybe our working situations are different where we're working remotely instead of in our old office and we're learning how to use new software programs and Zoom and all of these other things that in February wasn't on anybody's mind, you know, that, yeah. you know, yes, I, you know, I use zoom cause that's what I use to record the show. I've been on zoom before. So for me, it wasn't a big deal. Wish I would have bought the stock back in February cause that, that would have been a nice little return on investment. Um, but you know, you live and you learn and, but you know, I, I challenge people, you know, look for the things that went well and take time to do that because even in the worst years, even in my year, and of course, you know, when you had your stroke and the short-term memory and all that stuff, even in those years that were really tragic when it comes to significant losses and things like that, there are still highlights during that time of things that went well, conversations, meetings, friends, things you did. Yes. The recovery, the recovery is something that should be celebrated or the endurance of being able to navigate through a pandemic with all that's going on. Um, those are to be success stories. Those are things that went well for people. And, and you carry, when you, it's a shifting of a mindset kind of thing. And when, again, when you look at within and you look at within with the, with the goal of love and understanding and seeking to understand others in a loving, non-judgmental, non-confrontational way, the way, you know, like the phrase goes, and I forget who said it, it's like, you know, if you change the way you look at things, the way things look change. And, right. and looking within, again, with a love type of situation, you can look at external things differently because you're looking at them from a place of love and compassion. And when someone missteps or makes a mistake or says something hurtful or does something, you can look at it a little bit differently. And yes. 
you know, the, the end result may be the same, but how you look at it is different. If you look at it in with, from a, a place of love, then the likelihood that it's going to give you a stressful situation that's going to be prolonged is greatly minimized. And it might be to the point of, I guess that's how it is. I'm still here. I'm okay. It wasn't fun, but um, I'll get through this and, you know, continue on. So it, it's, your book, I mean, highlights that so well. And, you know, the lab dose one, I mean, I'm, I'm committing that one to memory and printing it out and putting it, you know, on my monitor or something like that. So I can say, Hey, this is um, a good reminder for all of us uh, to follow that uh, lab dose. Cause that is just, that's just a wonderful, wonderful uh, system that you've come up with. And, and, and I also say um, one of well, let me let me backtrack a little bit. We're all energy, and uh, once we get stressed out, our energy is just hijacked, and it's just waiting for us to address the next situation or or address the crisis at hand. And, and when that energy is hijacked, uh, we really don't have a whole lot for ourselves. And and by practicing the principles of feeling good, we release that energy, and and then we can do things. And, and the best thing that we can do to feel good is to not worry so much about ourselves. There's always someone that needs assistance that's in a much worse position than we are. And, and uh, using that focus, uh, using that uh, old principle, if you want to feel good, help someone else. Or if you want to be successful, help someone else. So, you know, I started that, uh, applying that principle uh, I've now worked with over 30 nonprofit organizations. Uh, I helped fund uh, five of them personally out of my pocket. And uh, two of them, two of the nonprofits are doing great. Uh, I sit on the board of directors of a school in Africa and Kenya called Kijana. And uh, I did all of this uh, at no cost. I learned how to set up and, and start nonprofits and did it from start to finish and didn't charge anyone a cent. And uh, that really helped me to feel better about myself. And then it helped me to get in touch with myself. But more importantly, it, it released that anxiety, that energy that was tied up in an anxiety, you know? And uh, we, the, the best thing that we have for ourselves or, or what's most important to us is the things that we feel. You know, how we feel is very important. So uh, releasing that energy and focusing on things that make us feel good, man, we can beat this. Not we can beat this, we will beat this and we'll always feel good about ourselves and then we'll release, we'll turn that dimmer switch all the way up so we can see what's going on because we have the energy to see what's around it. Yeah, and the light will be so bright, it's good that when I wear my glasses, they're transition lenses because it can turn into sunglasses because the future is as bright, right. as, <laughs> is bright is as bright as the sun and, and, and it's, will, it's within. Everything yes. you want is within. You, you, can, do, you can do it. Uh, and uh, if there's any doubt in there, well, work on those exercises to release that doubt because we are all capable of doing more than we're ever 
thought we could until we start looking within and going, okay, look what we can accomplish. And it's yeah. it just, it's amazing work. So John, I love the conversation. Uh, love you as a brother. And uh, I'm so happy about this book. So where can people find out more about you in, in this book and all the other fun stuff you're doing? Okay. Uh, the science of feeling good can be found on uh, Amazon. Um, just, just look it up by the title. Uh, I certainly don't want to neglect the power of the heart. Uh, we, we talked about the things uh, that we can do, but uh, once we employ the power of the heart and uh, the studies that have been done that, that have been completed recently, that shows the amazing, amazing uh, healing power of the heart uh, that we can just tap into by simply wanting to. So uh, again, there's nothing that we need from the outside to tap into this marvelous power. So my brother, it's been awesome uh, talking to you. We, we can talk all day about these things. Uh, I love you as a, a person, as a friend, as a brother, and uh, keep up the great work, man. Thank you so much, John. And yes, I'll definitely have that information that you've shared in the show notes. So John, great again to, to see you, talk with you, continued uh, good health, and, and congratulations again on the book. Thanks for listening to The Breakfast Leadership Show, part of The Breakfast Leadership Network. Visit breakfastleadership.com for tips on empowering your business and your life.